the world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I found myself angry this morning, angry about the catastrophe that we have in this country, a Joe Biden presidency. It's worse than anyone could have imagined. Who's responsible? A lot of people are responsible, a lot of institutions, certainly the fake news, which bent over backwards to protect him, and even a good chunk of the so-called conservative media. Yeah, like Fox News. Thanks for nothing. They were terrible during the campaign. They were horrendous on election night, and they're still bad. They're still bad. Now, Jen Psaki, there's no greater liar other than Joe Biden in the government. I mean, we all see it. What a terrible job she's doing and the lack of respect that she seems to have for the American people. And her recent comments, uh, soft on crime, what do you mean by that? So not too long ago, she was on Fox News. It was in the morning and uh, they kept teasing it all morning long. Mm, Jen Psaki's coming up. And like a fool, I stuck around because I wanted to see the fireworks, you know, because there are a lot of questions to pose to her. Here's what happened. Great to have you, and we have so much to cover with you. I want to start with the voting good rules. Good morning to you, Jen. By the way, it's hard to find two Bengal fans in the same room. And <laughs> That's we, right. And we've done it. Can I join the big, party? Big game this weekend. Big game on Saturday. <laughs> Go big Bengals. We'll, we'll be while well playing that. And hopefully there will be no breaking news that you have to deal with, Jen, during <laughs> the Bengals not. game. We will try to protect you from Thanks that. Thanks for being here. When the president said, looks at his watch and says, I guess I'll go another 24 minutes. I'm curious what your exact heart rate was at that time. <laughs> I'm a pretty chill person in general. I may not always seem that way in the briefing room, and that's what he's used to. So yeah. Jen, I knew he was yeah. having a good time. Well, I was Let's... having a heart attack for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Please come Thank back. You. We'll do it more often. Good, good luck to the Bengals, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Jen. A job interview? Maybe it was. Uh, what was that? Now, I actually don't blame Perino and Hammer. Uh, nice people, good at what they do usually. They have bosses, all right? They have bosses. And you know who one of their bosses is? Rhino 
Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House, former running mate to Mitt Romney. Yeah, Paul Ryan is on the board of News Corp, gets hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and by all accounts has a major, major impact on how Fox News views the world, covers the world, how they might treat somebody like Jen Psaki. Now, Paul Ryan, I remember him primarily for, let's face it, tripping up or trying to trip up Donald Trump. He let everybody know in big ways and small that he did not like uh, the president. And that was really, really sad. I was actually kind of pleased when Paul Ryan decided to pack it in. Uh, the fake news was excited. I didn't realize, though, how excited Paul Ryan was. I'll get to that in a moment. But first, here he is on the way out. An unexpected announcement rocks Washington this morning. Speaker Paul Ryan will not seek re-election. The House Speaker Paul Ryan announces he will not seek re-election. Another reminder of the difficult midterm environment for Republicans and of the dramatic evolution of the GOP under President Trump. All right, so he's out. Or is he out? I went to his Twitter page today. Take a look at this. It's got millions of followers, good for him. And look at what his, uh, his bio is, okay? A little bit closer, please. Office of the 54th Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. Well, he's been out for four years. Why does it still say office? Because he takes it with him, okay? He's selling what the American people gave him, the speakership, through our representatives. He's selling his office. That's what he does. That's what they all do. And when you're the speaker, wow, you can do very, very well. Former speaker, speaker, I don't think it matters that much. Everybody was estimating he's going to make a lot of money. A guy that young who ran with, uh, look at this, the kind of board that he would go after would probably pay between $250,000 and $300,000 a year, and he could probably get three or four of them. He's got about a million other business interests as well. And, of course, there is Fox News. He is on the board of Fox News. And a lot of us think that we see his handiwork all over what they put out on air. And that's really, really unfortunate for a place that's supposed to be, supposed to be fair and balanced. A little bit more on Fox. Remember Jim Acosta, that idiotic blowhard from CNN? I mean, really, they don't get any worse than this guy. And remember when he pushed that White House aide? He was giving it to Donald Trump. It was time for him to relinquish the mic. He wouldn't. He shoved her. It was a bad, bad moment. And they suspended his White House uh, credentials for two days or something like that. No big deal. It doesn't infringe on anybody's First Amendment right. You don't have a, a right to access the White House grounds, certainly not after you pushed a White House reporter Anyway, the media went nuts, and Jim Acosta was reissued his press pass, and I couldn't believe it. They treated him like he was the president. Look at this, and look at how self-righteous and pompous the guy is. Take a look. I'm very grateful for what happened today, and uh, grateful for my colleagues in the press uh, who stood by us through all of this. Uh, you know, this, this was a test, and uh, you know, I think we passed the test. Journalists need to know that in this country, uh, their First Amendment rights of freedom of the press uh, are sacred. A total joke. Uh, when you push a White House aide, you don't have to be let back into the White House, but the whole swamp stood up for this guy, including, including 
Fox News. This is when they totally lost it. Fox News stands with CNN. Passes for working White House journalists should never be weaponized. Weaponized? He pushed a girl and they took it away. Look at that. Fox News stands with CNN? Give me a break. You can stand with CNN all you want. Stand with them now. Let's see that. It got worse. Uh, Do you remember during the campaign, a phony baloney story that never should have been published, the Atlantic magazine alleged that Donald Trump in a cemetery called the war dead losers and suckers. Now, if you go through the story, it's it's not worth the paper it's written on. You can't have a story of that potential impact as thinly sourced as they had it. I think it's we can never do anything like that. No way. Zero chance. Who backed them up right away within hours? My sources include two senior former Trump administration officials who were on the trip to France, where these remarks allegedly were made. They confirmed key parts of the Atlantic article and certainly described a pattern of behavior by the president in describing war veterans and wounded warriors that coincides with the description in the Atlantic article. This happens a lot in journalism. You know, somebody has a big article. Make one phone call. Yeah, everything in the story is true, right? Everything is story. You don't have to cite them anymore. I did it. It's good. It's good. It's ridiculous. It's wrong. But that gave the conservative media imprint on the story. And they ran with it. Wow. When you hear these remarks, suckers, losers, recoiling from amputees, what does it tell you about President Trump's soul and the life he leads? The mainstream media was able to look. Everybody's behind this story. What does it tell you about the president's soul? But something that had an impact perhaps on history was their ridiculous premature call of Arizona on election night. The Fox News decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign. It sure was, and it should not have happened. Now, I'm not a pollster. I can't project things. I'm not a statistician. But I know enough about those subjects to know that this was way premature and should not have happened. And some people at Fox lost their jobs because this happened at 1113 on election night. But my personal favorite or my least favorite is Wallace, Chris Wallace. Now, the fact that he was not fired by Fox News the moment after that debate, that second debate in the fall of 2020 was over, that tells you about how fair and balanced Fox News is. This guy did everything he could to hurt Trump and help Biden. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why I'm was he giving tens son. of millions right. of dollars? But he wasn't giving right. tens of millions of That is totally, that's Trump. totally discredited. We've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment when call here. Three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the let's mayor about, of Moscow. Let's that talk is about not true. It's a that report is totally Why discredited. I, I, I Mitt think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' money. That report it was written for political you, reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. And that was it. Donald Trump had the moment to score some real points. Biden corruption, according to Fox News, was somehow off the table as an issue. You got to be kidding me. And then for another year, year plus, 
Chris Wallace made what, another six, seven, eight million dollars, however much he gets paid on that show, even though the viewers despised him? Why would they do that? It's contempt for the audience. It's contempt for the country. Well, a few changes have finally been made, and I hear Chris is never happier. The more people see of the world, the more likely they are to be better people. This is CNN Plus. Good for you, Wallace. Well, this is Newsmax, and we may not have the budget of CNN Plus or Fox News, and we may not have the fancy lights, but we got the heart. Stay with us. A special message from Kari Lake. She's running for governor of Arizona. Wait until you see what she did to the fake news. Talk about turning the tables. We'll be right back. Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more and start listening today. All I All can, I can say, say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> and the fake news, they keep trying their old tricks. Oftentimes, those tricks work, especially when they ask Republicans, do you think Joe Biden is a legitimate president? Um, it trips up a lot of them, surprisingly. Kari Lake is running for governor of Arizona, former television news anchor person, and she was awesome on this question and more. Take a look. Do you think Joe Biden is the current president? Well, he's obviously sitting in the White House. Do you think he's the president? I'm asking you, but I'm just wondering, do you think if do you think that if the 2020 election was stolen, is Joe Biden the president? Do you think the election was stolen? I, I have no comment. <laughs> do you think that Joe Biden garnered 81 million votes? Do you think the elections were fair? The problem is that the American people don't have all the answers because the media is part of the problem. Ah, you see what I mean? She's good. Again, this trips up Republicans all the time. Not Kari Lake. And uh, she goes on from there. Media's never reported our forensic audit fairly. They're not reporting what's happening in Georgia. They're not reporting on these ballot traffickers that are being paid to drop off ballots. Media is doing a huge disservice to this country. And the people aren't getting the full story. But eventually I do think they will. And the media whose numbers are dropping, dropping like a rock, are gonna continue to drop. And pretty soon nobody will be watching because the media has turned their back on the people of America and not been honest. ABC News, CNN, MSNBC, spent more than three years lying to the American people, saying that Russia colluded with Donald J. Trump to steal an election in 2016. And they knew that was false. They knew they were peddling lies and they did nothing to stop it. It was a complete hoax and it was a lie. And now they're doing the opposite. We have evidence of corruption in our election 
and they refuse to cover it. They refuse to be honest with the people of this country. It is disgusting what the media has done. And uh, I think their days are numbered when it comes to uh, surviving all of this. The business, when you're lying to the people and you're in media, that's a bad business model. What do you think, huh? I think she's going to be governor. I think she might be president someday. 2028, 2032, we'll see. Now, again, they hound the fake news Republicans about Joe Biden 2020 elections. I don't know why Republicans mess it up just about all the time. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, I mean, there are so many questions could be asked of him about Hunter Biden, about the business arrangements. It barely ever these days comes up. And during the campaign, when it was hot, when we found out about the laptop, one reporter here, one reporter there, you should have seen his reaction, though. I mean, the defensiveness, the nastiness tells you there's something to this. Mr. Biden, what is your response to the New York Post story about your son, sir? I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign. Right up your alley. Those are the questions you always ask. Smear campaign. What does that mean exactly? Smear doesn't necessarily mean it's not true, does it? Smear. He kept on saying that. Here's another denial or non-denial denial. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're so dead the way, set against you? It's, it's, there's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. This is classic Trump. The laptop? No, it's legit. It is. And anybody can read the book by Miranda Devine. And before this, before the laptop, he was sensitive. The defensiveness, I think, says so much. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business And so how do you know? Let's, let's Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the of presidency to try to do something to smear me. He's trying to intimidate a foreign leader. You got that, punk? Amazing. That defensiveness. And the new book by Peter Schweitzer makes an amazing case about the Biden crime family. Yeah, I'll say it. This looks really bad. There's evidence out there, and it's really in plain sight. When Joe Biden went to China and Hunter made the trip with him, and Hunter did business with Chinese businessmen and introduced those businessmen to his father at a hotel, that's a crime. That is a crime. You can't be doing that. No, no, no. And the media, they just pretended, eh, happens all the time. Eh, rank has its privileges. So mess that up big time. And what did the Chinese get from their relationship? And Peter Schweitzer will be here in just a little bit. Um, they got Joe's nice feelings about China. That's what they want. They're buying 
people like Joe off to say things like this. Let me begin by saying one thing about competition. I've told this to uh, uh, to Vice President Xi and then President Xi and uh, all the time I had to spend with him is that uh, one of the things that has happened uh, in the last 20 years is as the world has become more competitive, it's awakened the competitive spirit in the United States. Uh, competition is stamped into our DNA. And uh, if there's anything remotely ap- approaching the level playing field, we'll do just fine. Sounds like it's a harmless statement, and it kind of is in some ways, but that's what China wants. They want our guard down, and Joe has put our guard down. You see what's happening here? They are our adversary. They want what we have, and it looks like they're going to take it. So we're losing to China, and we're falling apart as a country, and Joe seems to like it. The Black Lives Matter nonsense started in 2020. It's still going on. And has the left and Joe Biden glorified this stuff and made excuses for it? I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. And Joe Biden thought it was all great, all fantastic. He still looks back at that season with a sense of wonder. I also spoke to Gianna, George loves George's young daughter again. When I met her last year, I've said this before, at George's funeral, I told her how brave I thought she was. And I sort of knelt down to hold her hand. I said, Daddy's looking down on you. He's so proud. She said to me then, I'll never forget it, Daddy changed the world. And I told her this afternoon, Daddy did change the world. Oh, yeah, the death of George Floyd changed the world. All right. Take a look. The world is not a better place. I can safely say this. The world is not a better place without George Floyd in it. These kinds of scenes have become routine. This was not routine. Not very long ago. Five New York City cops, six New York City cops shot in one month, in one month in New York. When's Joe going to have a real heart-to-heart, not with officials, not with fellow Democrats, but from this woman, Karina, her, her brother was shot and killed almost two weeks ago here in New York City. He was just 27 years old, a cop. ¿Cuántos Wilber? ¿Cuántos Jason? ¿Cuántos oficiales más deberán perder sus vidas para que este sistema cambie? ¿Cuántas vidas más de lo que nos protegen deberán ser arrebatadas por la violencia y el crimen. ¿Cuántas madres, cuántas madres más, cuántos hijos tendrán que perder su familia por pasar por este trauma y este tipo de tragedia? Los oficiales de la policía de New York nos protegen, pero ¿y a ellos quiénes lo protegen? Those are great questions. Joe Biden came to New York City today to meet with the mayor. Did they talk about any of those questions? No, they had a stale conversation about stopping the flow of illegal guns. All right. Now, that conversation has happened a thousand times, a million times, actually. It's done nothing. By the way, there are probably seven 
legal guns in New York City. Seven. It's that hard to get a permit. Anyway, it was, it was all style, all puff, nothing, nothing of substance. There is a reason they call me the Biden of Brooklyn. <laughs> Mr. President, Eric Adams is reporting for duty and ready to serve. Isn't that cute? I don't know what's up with this political judgment, who would call themselves the Biden of anything. Uh, but that's what we got. He's more suited to be an eighth grade student council treasury secretary or something like that. Joe was even worse. And this doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no violation of a Second Amendment right. We talk like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon and when the, this, this uh, amendment was passed. And so no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons. But that's another issue. It's another issue, but he repeats the same talking points he's been using since 1975. It's not about guns in this city. It's about criminals. It's about criminals coast to coast. But they talk about what they know, which is just saying stuff to pass the time, it seems like. Bringing Joe Biden in to talk about law enforcement, that's a big, big mistake, and this proves it all. And then we'll wrap up. We need more social workers. We need more mental health workers. We need more people who, when you're called on these scenes and someone's about to jump off a roof, is not just someone standing there with a, with a weapon. It's someone who also knows how to talk to people, talk them down. I can't believe no one has told him to stop saying this because our specialized police have the training to talk to these guys who are thinking about jumping off a roof or a bridge. They do it all the time, Joe. Joe seems to think that cops show up and they just start blasting. Joe, what are you going to do? What are the social workers going to do if one of these guys changes their mind and wants to get back down off the building? They're going to need help. They're going to need guys who know how to use ropes and pulleys and cables. What happens if one of these guys who wants to jump wants to take the social worker with them? Huh? Have you thought about this, Joe? Of course you haven't. Of course you haven't. Do me a favor. Stop wasting our time. All right. One more thing. Uh, the Let's Go Brandon thing, I am happy to report, is not over. Take a look at this on MSNBC today. The White House uh, sharing some Good new details, here. sharing some details about this gun violence reduction strategy, as it's being called, uh, going to be a big part of messaging heading into the midterm elections. Mike, what, what do we know about what the president plans to say today? Well, Craig, there are really three pillars to the president's crime strategy that he's eager to talk about here in New York today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, stay with us. We are going to uh, see what's happening to those Canadian truckers. Why is GoFundMe not letting these guys fund themselves? They've cut them off. Be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax. And we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. I love these truckers in Canada. 
Uh, pretty amazing. They're doing great stuff. They object to their crazy mandates up there, and they want relief on a lot of different fronts, by the way. And so much support for them all over the world. Now, we had one of these truckers in Ottawa, Canada, just a couple of blocks from uh, Parliament, and he spoke to us. They are taking in a lot of money, not for themselves, but for the cause, for supplies and whatnot. Listen. We're here for the long haul. We got fuel coming to us. We got enough food. Our GoFundMe page is uh, almost at $10 million. We're going to be here uh, until uh, they make it right. Well, $10 million, that's it. That was Louis Gagne, by the way, from Ontario. Uh, yeah, $10 million. But guess what? GoFundMe has shut them down. They can't raise any more money. Uh, for the time being, an investigation is underway. Let's go through it. You see, this fundraiser is currently paused and under review to ensure it complies with our terms of service and applicable laws and regulations. You know, there's a lot of fake news about these guys, that they are violent, that they support violence, that opposing the vaccine mandate is somehow seditious. Really nasty stuff. I think we've got one more. Uh, yeah, we strictly prohibit user content that reflects or promotes behavior in support of violence. That's from GoFundMe. Knock it off, GoFundMe. All right. We've all seen these guys. We've seen the children, by the way. Take a look. These are beautiful people doing an amazing thing with total community support. Well, not total. There is some controversy, but it is a protest and that's okay. Do you remember any prohibition being put on BLM while they were raising money that they ultimately spent on a lot of houses? Huh? And it was pretty violent, right? Oh, yeah, it was. They can't deny it. We saw it. They damn near burned the country down. Anyway, here's something that I like. Leah Thomas, get the hell out of the pool. The trans swimmer shouldn't be there. Her teammates, her teammates. You know, we haven't heard much from them. There they are. And they said, you know what? Leah should not be competing with us. Now, they trained with her. That's okay. There's, there's Leah. And the teammates, they wrote a letter. And by the way, before we get to the letter, they say, look, Leah's gender identity to them, that's important. All right? They want Leah to be comfortable in her own skin. But as far as swimming and competing against us, that's wrong. Take a look at this letter sent to the University of Pennsylvania and the Ivy League. Biologically, Leah holds an unfair advantage over competition in the women's category as evidenced by her rankings that have bounced from 462 as a male to number one as a female. Again, these are from her uh, fellow swimmers there. We have dedicated our lives to swimming. Most of us started the same time Leah did as preteens. We have trained up to 20 hours a week, swimming miles, running, and lifting weights. To be sidelined or beaten by someone competing with the strength, height, and lung capacity advantages that can only come with male puberty has been exceedingly difficult. We have been told that if we spoke out against her inclusion into women's competitions, that we would be removed from the team. Oh, yeah, this. Yep, absolutely. Or that we would never get a job offer. That's the climate we live in, folks. Next, 
When media have tried to reach out to us, these journalists have been told that the coaches and athletes were prohibited from talking to them. Yep, that, that's true. We support Leah's mental health, and we ask Penn and the Ivy League to support ours as well. Well done. We hope that the sport will adapt, that swimming will find a place for Leah to compete. Leah is always welcome to train with us. The men's and women's swimming teams have always trained together with the same head coach. However, sport is competitive by definition, yeah. And Leah's wins, records, and honors should not come at our expense. The women who have worked their entire lives to earn a spot on the Penn women's swimming team. Good for them. Good for these swimmers to put it in writing. And uh, Leah, go back to the boys team. Go back, I don't know, graduate, live your life. But it's not that important that you get to swim with the girls. Sorry. Hey, one other thing. Um, Chuck Schumer, majority leader of the United States Senate, uh, Trump derangement syndrome, very bad case of it, doesn't seem to understand history. And amazing, until 1981, this powerful body, the Supreme Court, was all white men. Imagine. America wasn't all white men in 1981 or ever. I knew this one. Lyndon Johnson appointed the first African-American Supreme Court justice. His name was Thurgood Marshall, and he got there in 1967, and he left in 1991. You got that, Chuck? All right, stay with us. Peter Schweitzer will be here. He wrote that fantastic book. And also, Devin Nunez. He's no longer in Congress. He's working for Trump. We'll be right back. President Ronald Reagan used humor to disarm foreign leaders, tweak the media, and endear himself to his fellow Americans. Bill O'Reilly, Michael Reagan, and others tell the stories behind the clips of his funniest moments. Don't miss this fun and informative special this weekend on Newsmax TV. America not only welcomes this healthy competition, competition is stitched into the very fabric of our society and our economic system. For this competition to benefit us both, it must take place on a level playing field with rules that are clear and treat all countries fairly and equally. While the United States and China are working hard to get this right, we still face obstacles of doing business in each other's countries. So that kind of attitude from uh, then Vice President Joe Biden is exactly what the Chinese want, all right? We're just competitors here, huh? Maybe they bought that kind of attitude. There's a new book by Peter Schweitzer. It's called Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Peter Schweitzer joins us tonight. Peter, congratulations on the new book. Thanks for joining us. I downloaded mine this morning. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Peter, can you talk a little bit about, um, first of all, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm doing great. I've uh, been chasing away from the from the uh, ice storm in Dallas, so I'm coming you from the back of the car. I apologize, but I'm doing good and I'm safe. Not at all. You look great. Thank you. Um, the attitude that Joe just exhibited there, they actually, in a weird way, they bought it. They were aiming for that. That's really what they want. Can you explain that for us, please? Yeah, that's right, Greg. I mean, the Chinese strategy is called elite capture. That's what they describe it as. And they basically want to forge financial ties 
that gives them leverage over elites in the United States. And they're not looking for them to you know, act like robots and follow the line on everything. Uh, the, the phraseology they use, loosely translated to English, is what they want is big help with a little bad mouth. And what that means is, you know, if you want to ding us on the Uyghurs, if you want to criticize us on human rights, that's fine. The main thing we want is access to Western capital markets and access to Western technology. And if you don't interfere with those in any way, we will be quite happy. And that, of course, is the posture of the uh, Biden administration. And Beijing is very happy with that. And how they might have uh, gotten this attitude is through a lot of money, maybe $31 million. Let's go ahead and put that quote from your book on the screen, please. Uh, The full screen, if you don't mind. It's a few items down on the list. Stand by, Peter. The Biden family received some $31 million from Chinese businessmen with very close ties to Chinese intelligence. $31 million. That's a lot of money. Uh, Can you tell us how you were able to pin this down and... uh, uh, you're confident it went to the Biden family from people associated with Chinese intelligence? Yes, absolutely. So we broke the first story on the Biden's commercial ties to China back in 2018. Uh, what we've had come out since then, of course, are the Hunter Biden emails and emails provided to us by one of uh, Hunter Biden's business partners, a guy named Bevan Cooney. So what we wanted to do is look at the amount of those deals reflected in the emails And we also, Greg, wanted to find out who actually opened the doors that made these deals happen. Uh, As my kids would say, who made it rain for the Bidens? And what we found was some $31 million. Those are the deals that we know of. And we looked at who made them happen. Um, So one of the gentlemen that made it happen is a guy named Che Feng, a businessman. At the same time, he is hooking up Hunter Biden and the Biden family. He is business partners with the vice minister for state security in China. Uh, This is the man that's responsible for recruiting foreigners to spy for China. He's also responsible for North American intelligence operations. Uh, There's another businessman named Zhao who also uh, hooks up Hunter Biden. He helps with a $20 million deal, and he also transferred $5 million to another one of Hunter's businesses. Hey, Peter. Mr. Partner at this time is the family of the former Minister of State Security of China. One thing the Bidens have going for them in a weird way is people do get confused with these names and entities. It's complex. You synthesize it very well in the book. But here's something, and it's in your book. There's an academic slash political conference in Shanghai in November of 20. And a professor with close ties to everybody in government gets up and talks about the incoming Biden administration. And when he mentions the name Biden, you can actually hear laughter in the audience. Now, we have it subtitled. I'd like to play this uh, for you and for our audience. But,在中美贸易战过程中 
It's fascinating. You wrote about this in your book. That's how we found that clip. And I know it's been circulating, but can you tell me what they're laughing at? Yeah, um, the speaker is talking about U.S.-Chinese relationships and how they're going to change going from Donald Trump, who, of course, took a very firm approach to Beijing, how it's going to shift over Biden. And he talks about the fact that, you know, there's been a little bit of discussion about the Biden's commercial deals in China. I wonder who helped make those happen. Uh, and this group that is made up of government officials and other uh, party officials, they laugh because they know how happened. And that's the problem. These are not deals that were developed on the marketplace. Uh, the Bidens were hooked right. up communist party elite and intelligence elites, and they are expecting something in return. They have leverage on the Bidens, and I believe they are getting now what they want in return, uh, which is a policy line that is beneficial to Beijing. And everybody in China seems to know it. A select few here know it, but more will learn through your book. Let's put it up again, please. Uh, Red-handed, how American elites get rich helping China win. Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute, by the way. We thank you. Safe drive. Thanks a lot, Greg. Appreciate it. Always great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. When we come back, former Congressman Devin Nunez, he's working for Trump. They're creating a great big media company. Well, there's uh, Devin Nunez in the middle, back when he was a congressman not long ago, working with President Trump, one of his strongest allies in all of Washington. They're still working together, even though Devin Nunez is no longer in Congress. He is now CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group, TMTG. The former congressman joins us now. Congressman Nunez, welcome. CEO, boss, how do you like, uh, how do you like your new life and your new gig? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, we're working on a really big topic here. I think the most important issue, which is the big tech tyrants. We're seeing it every day, Greg, the damage that they're doing to this country. And I can tell you, I really don't miss the swamp uh, that much. It, it seems like not much has changed. It's getting swampier by the day. But look, this is, a, this is an exciting, exciting time, I think, for the American people, because there's so much opportunity out there for free speech to come back again. And this op great opportunity we have to open the internet back up to the American people and people around the world. We've got a great team of people that are working around the clock to make this happen. I love it, I love it, I love it. So I, I believe the primary platform is called Truth Social, truthsocial.com, is that the first product? And, and when can we see it and what's it all about? That's right, so if, if anybody, first of all, if anybody wants to sign up, uh, they can go to truthsocial.com and actually sign up now. Uh, what we're doing now is we are in beta testing. Uh, we're expanding that beta test, and we fully expect to launch by the end of March. So we're, we're, we have to do all this, this testing, uh, Greg, and I think you'll appreciate this because we have so many people who don't want to see us successful, right? Whether that be the big tech companies, uh, the fake news media complex that's out there, or even foreign governments and other bad actors for that matter. So it's it's very difficult. We cannot use any of the big tech companies. We've seen what has happened to other small startup companies. And when Amazon decides they don't like them, they, they cut them off. So we're having to build this from scratch. Uh, we're, we're developing great partners uh, like Rumble, for example, which is a YouTube alternative. Uh, they've been helping us out a lot. So we're going to continue to find people that uh, will not cancel us, that want to see the Internet 
back open again for everyone. And obviously, we're hoping to work with with Newsmax. I was had a great meeting uh, down at your headquarters last week, and uh, it seems like you guys are excited to to come on board. And, and hopefully, you guys will be strong participants on the platform to get your message out. Hey, fabulous! Uh, I would love it. Um, is it going to be like? <laughs> Is it going to is it like Facebook? Is it like Twitter? Is it like all of the above? Is it an alternative? I'm sorry, I only have a few seconds left. Just what will the experience be like once it's all tested? What do you what, what well, look, will- uh, the one the, the main thing is, is I think it's going to be very media friendly. So uh, the video is going to be bigger. The text is going to be larger. It should be easy to use. Uh, obviously, there's going to it's going to take a going to be a long work in progress. Uh, to get this because, you know, we just started this company. So I think our key is is to focus on basic quality to make sure it works and that it doesn't go down and that it's a safe place for all Americans to come to, very family-friendly where there's not illegal activity occurring uh, like the left will want to try to create. So hopefully, I mean, you've got it. I can see you have it on the screen there, and uh, we continue to improve it over time. TruthSocial.com. We can go there uh, in the meantime and check it out. Uh, Big things to come, to be sure. Devin Nunez, the new CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group. Thank you, sir, very much. Greg, you're the best. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll be right back. It was meant to be a peaceful protest, but then thousands stormed the Capitol. Soon it became a day of shocking events and even tragedy. Find out what really happened in Washington on January 6th. Watch Day of Outrage, exclusively on Newsmax. Well, I think it was a pretty uh, good show. Tomorrow will be even better. See you then.